Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Thank you. There's some happy people. A couple here and there. Happy to see you. <laughs> happy to see so many wonderful faces. So glad that you could be here today. You know, this is the capstone of our faith, isn't it? It is. It is what we're all about. This is, this is the most important Sunday in the history of mankind because we serve a king who was raised from the dead. He didn't just die. There's a lot of great men that, that we uh, celebrate on a regular basis. Uh, there are saints and, and, and a number of men and women that have done great things for God. But there's only one. Come on, somebody. There's only one that was raised from the dead. Hi, sweetie. And his name is Jesus. Yeah. That's right. And so we're thankful that we could celebrate him uh, together with you today. Um, You know, we have many, many blessings as a, as a country, many, many blessings as individuals. Would you say that we're blessed people? So many blessings, right? And one of those blessings that we have in our country is the ability to be able to make exchanges. You know, you buy something and you just maybe don't like it or you bought it a, a size a little too small or maybe too big and it just doesn't fit right. It just, you know, it looked good when you were like, you know, trying it out. It's like, oh, it look, looks so great. And then you go home and it's like, the light in that thing just sucked. <laughs> it looks terrible on me. And you know what? One of those great abilities that we have, and it's a blessing that we have as a country, is that we can take what we have purchased and exchange it for something else and return it. That's not a blessing. Really. You know, you may wonder, like, why is he even talking about returning merchandise? Because, you know what, it's a blessing that we have here. Not everybody has. Like, I, you, know, you know my story. I was born and raised in Italy. And, and uh, you know, in Italy, if you buy something, you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. That's it. It's like you, you buy, if you buy a T-shirt and it's like, I don't know. 35 bucks, and you just loved it when you looked at it. And then you go to the next store, next door, and you see the same exact thing for like 25, and you're like, man, I wish that, maybe I should return. No, nope, you're stuck with it. It's like even if you have the labels on it, you're stuck with it. That's it. It's yours. Now, we've been in a series that we've been talking about how God is willing to make exchanges with us. He is so willing, so open to exchange certain things. And so in week, in the first week of our series, we talked about exchanging past hurts, disappointments, disillusionments, letting go of unforgiveness, letting go of bitterness, letting go of, of those things that just hold us down, right? Then the second part, um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the great exchange, There's something great that happens. According to Isaiah, he talks about the fact that God gives us beauty instead of ashes. He gives us the oil of joy instead of mourning, sadness, and depression. And the garment of praise. Come on, somebody. 
You put your praise on today. I could hear it. The garment of praise instead of a heavy spirit, a faint spirit. And today, we're going to talk about the last of the exchanges. And our text today, I'm going to have some help. And you see little kitties here. And they're going to help us read that text this morning. So why don't you guys come up? I'm going to, yeah. Stand right here. Come here, Gavin. Stand right here. There you go. Come right up. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. He was despised and rejected by men. He was someone people turned away from. And we didn't value him. He took up our sickness and carried out our sorrows. But we consider him to be struck down by God. But he was pierced for our transgressions and Crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. If I didn't healed. <laughs> we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him a sin of us all. And yet he willingly submitted. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only son as a gift so that we might live through him. Because everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Good job. Great job. Yeah. Thank you, guys. AJ, you want to come this way? Awesome. Weren't they awesome? I know many of you recognize that passage. Um, it's Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, and maybe we'll put it up, and you guys will 4, 5, and 6, <clears throat> and you can see it. Um, and that is the ultimate supreme exchange that takes place. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God who did not stay in the tomb. I'd like to share <clears throat> with you a little bit more about the concept of this ultimate exchange that Jesus taking our place, dying on a cross. We all understand that. But the ultimate in sacrificial giving that he gave his life, he actually willfully did that. We must start with a premise, number one, that God, the Son, that, that Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth to fulfill a mission. And that mission was the salvation of humanity. Now you may look at yourself and you may say, I didn't really need salvation. I didn't need to be saved. But you know what? God thought differently. He actually thinks that you need salvation. Because you know what? Jesus left the glories of heaven 
He became like one of us. He took on flesh and blood to become human. He gave his life up willingly, the scripture says. And he became the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Now, did we deserve to be rescued? Did we deserve to be saved? That's a question that, that I often ask myself. Because I, I, when I think about the fact that someone gave his life for me when I didn't really deserve it. Someone gave his life for you. And there's nothing in us that actually deserved that. But he willfully and willingly gave it. Listen to what Romans chapter 5 and verses 7 and 8 talks about. <clears throat> this centers around the fact that the sacrifice that Jesus accomplished on the cross, he did it for one and one reason. And that is love. Because he loved us. Listen to this. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. And I asked myself that question. Am I even in the category of a good person? I mean, what is good? How can we even justify ourselves or classify ourselves as good people? What makes a good person? But you know what? But God shows what? His love. God shows His love. For us. It's his love for us. It's his love for you. It's his love for me. Because while we were still sinners. Uh, we could stop right there. While we were still sinners, guys. There was nothing in your plans that made you look as good as you think you do today. Nothing. But the grace of God came. And while we were still sinners, while we were still bound, while we were still depressed, while we were still hung over from the party the night before, come on somebody, you know, Christ died for us. He died for you in your situation, in your circumstance, in whatever you were going through. God sent his son to die for you and for me. That's incredible. A commentator put it this way. At the cross, the ultimate exchange took place. Jesus took our place so that we might take his place. Think about it. He did not deserve to be made sin, but he was made sin in our place. We did not deserve to be righteous, to be made righteous, but we were made righteous because we received his righteousness. That is what I call good news. Yeah, come on. Yeah, just one person clapping. You know, if you're going to clap, you might as well clap. That is his righteousness that was imputed toward us. That's good news. That's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We sing those words, but boy, there's so much meaning in there, isn't there? 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verses 17 and 18, it actually brings about the concept that we've been talking about of the exchange in a very practical way. This is a verse that we've probably memorized, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. Old, the old has passed, right? Thank God that some of the old habits that we had have passed. I know some of you are thinking back right now and thinking some of those old habits that you had were destructive to your life and to your family, and you're thankful, are you? If you are there, come on, put your hand up and say amen. That's right. I'm there. You know, all things have been made new. And now this is all from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is another incredible thing to me, that he reconciled us. And then he gave us basically the reconciliation card and say, now you got it, go give it to somebody else. You know, you don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is to share the love of God. What you have received, you give it out to somebody else. That is the ministry of reconciliation. But you know what? That word reconciled, it's actually an old Greek word that literally means to exchange. To exchange. In fact, it was a word that was used in monetary type of exchanges. You know, I have a five, you give me five ones. You're, you know, I have a 20, I give you one, you give me your 20. I, I don't know. Uh, it was an exchange of some sort, right? Now, God so loved the world, we all know it. John 3.16, got it memorized, we sing it. It's probably mentioned in at every sporting event, you see John 3.16 in big letters, right? He came to save humanity. And in doing so, <clears throat> Jesus expressed his love and purposes for us. Jesus died on a cross so that we might be reconciled. Reconciled. Think about it. Reconciled. We are reconciled. There was an exchange that took place. His life for hours. He became the ransom that was needed to purchase you and me. Ever seen those movies where, you know, a child gets abducted and the parents are freaking out and then they get the phone call from the guy from the other side that he can't determine his voice. You will bring me three million dollars. <laughs> and you know what? I want you to know that your life was purchased just the same way. The justice of God had to be satisfied. And the only way that his justice could be satisfied was through the death of Jesus for you and me. You and I were part of God's purposes. And it's so incredible because he had us on his mind all along. You, when you think about it, God took human form just so that we could have life. He came to earth. He lived a peaceful life. He basically helped everyone during his earthly ministry. If someone needed food, he gave them the, the, you know, to, something to eat. If someone was sick, he healed them. He was a peacemaker. He comforted people. He did everything right, and yet he gave his life, and he died 
on a cross. His greatest purpose was you and me. And we know what happened. The religious leaders of the day incited the crowds, they incited the Romans, and Jesus received the death sentence, and he was hung on a cross. I want to read you something that I read from an article this week that uh, literally, you know, both Lois and I were so, it's just a, just a powerful, powerful description where you hear the words that are, that are spoken. I want to read that to you this morning. It says, Jesus' body had already been ripped to shreds by the vicious beating he received in the residence of Pontius Pilate. Roman soldiers in Pilate's court laughed at him. They mocked him. They played humiliating games with him. One by one, a whole cohort of soldiers took turns spitting on him, slapping him and striking his face with a reed that they took from a nearby fountain in Pilate's palace. It was extreme verbal, mental, and physical abuse. Then the soldiers jammed a crown of thorns so firmly on Jesus' head that the long, sharp spikes perforated his skin and scraped across his skull, causing blood to stream down from his brow like a river until his entire face was covered with it. The thick, sticky blood matted his eyebrows and eyelashes, making it difficult for him to see. Huge nine-inch iron nails were driven through his hands and feet, which pierced his nerves and sent signals of pain throughout his entire body. The weight of Jesus' body hanging from those nails dislocated his shoulders and his joints were pulled out of place. He struggled to breathe and every breath as, he, as his lungs began to fill with fluid that would eventually suffocate him. Making this unimaginably horrific experience. Even worse was the fact that Jesus had been completely stripped naked and hung on that cross, humiliated before the hostile crowd, putting one's naked body in public display was a great dignity or indignity, sorry, in Jewish culture, thus making the ordeal shameful even for him. That's from a Rick Renner book. If you know Rick Renner, is just an amazing writer. Imagine the confusion. The confusion that the disciples had that morning. When Jesus hung there on a cross, his body lifeless. How could it be that the Son of God, who healed the sick and raised the dead, was now hanging on a cross? His body lifeless, beaten and bruised and bleeding, giving his life for you and me. His death is what gives us life. But I am so thankful that Jesus did not stay in the tomb. He did not stay in that tomb. In fact, on that Sunday morning, he rose from the grave. 
The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. There is nobody there. Jesus came out of the tomb and now he gives us new life in him. His death gives us life. And so there are some exchanges that I want to share with you real briefly. Number one, the exchange that, <clears throat> that he takes our sin and our punishment and he gives us his forgiveness. We read it in uh, Isaiah 55, 3, that he was pierced for our transgressions. transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement, that is the punishment that should have been on us. The punishment that we deserved was on Jesus. We deserved it. Jesus was rejected. He was pushed away. In fact, he was silenced. Everything that they tried to do to Jesus while he was on earth was to silence him. You think that the cancel culture started in 2020? I think not. I think it started way back. Way back. Way back. Sometimes we feel bad about ourselves, you know, for not being able to, to share the gospel with people the way that we would like to. Because, you know, if you say something out of place, you get canceled, you know, pushed aside. I want you to know that Jesus gave his very life for you and me. And he didn't care to be canceled. We may think that we have a bad, maybe that we're mistreated, laughed at because of our faith. I want you to know that Jesus had a worse. And imagine, not just to set, just, just think about it for a moment. Jesus took on flesh and blood. He became man. Hebrews says that he was touched. He's touched with the feelings of all of our infirmities. That means that he went through every major category of issues that we go through. If you go through rejection, Jesus went through rejection. If you, will, if you go through uh, abandonment, Jesus went through abandonment. If you feel that shame and disappointment, you know what? Jesus faced that too. Now, can you think about it for a moment? You are hung on a cross as a man. You're hung on a cross to die for the very people that are insulting you, jeering at you, spitting at you, cursing words, terrible words at you because he was going to give his life for you and me. He took the punishment that we deserved and he took the sin and carried it all the way to the cross for our salvation. Hebrews 8 and 12 says that I will be merciful toward the, their iniquities. That's our iniquities. And I will remember their sin no more. I love what Psalm 103 says. That as far as the east is from the west. I don't know if I'm pointing the right way. But uh, um, I guess that it would be yeah, east to my right, west to my left. If I remember my... my uh, Directions, north, south. Uh, but as far as the east is from the west, that far as he removed your transgressions and my transgressions, my sin, my way of living the way that I want to, he has removed all of that. Thank God. And because of it, we are made righteous today. You know what? Made righteous 
is not because of anything that we have done. It's not because of our right standing, but we are placed in right standing with Jesus. Number two, he takes our grief and our sorrow and he gives us his peace. And again, Isaiah 53 talks about that the chastisement that brought us peace was on him. We received the peace of God as a result of the grief and sorrow that he felt and that he experienced. Now, I want you to know, guys, that for all of us in this life, we are no different than Jesus. We are going to face grief and sorrow. You know, what Jesus went through, he bore our grief, our sorrow, he carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. That's like, you know what? He must be guilty for receiving that. That's not what happened. That's not what took place. Jesus was not guilty. He took your sin and my sin. And so because of that, Think about it for a moment that you will also face circumstances in your life. You will go through hurt. You will go through pain. You will go through grief. You know, people will cause grief. Sometimes people will suck the energy out of us. Come on, somebody. You know how it is. People will hurt. And situations that we'll face will be tough. But I want you to know that his love qualifies us to receive his peace. It's not our merit. It's not what we have done. It's not what we deserve. Because if we were to receive what we deserved, we would all be dead. Jeremiah chapter, or sorry, Lamentations 3 talks about the fact that we are alive every morning. Is, grace is renewed. And it's not because of our deserving of it it's not because of something that we have done right it is because of Jesus and what he accomplished for us I cannot fathom why God's justice demanded punishment of Jesus for us to receive our peace I can't fathom that I don't understand it with my human mind I cannot comprehend. I, I, I can't see why. I mean, I would never give my son to die for somebody else. My son is saying, yeah, amen to that. <laughs> and I'm sure he wouldn't give his son. Just for the same reason. But you know what? Father God decided to send his son so that we could be justified in fact, in Romans 5, it says that we have been justified by faith. You know what justification is? It's just as if you had never sinned. Can you imagine that? Think about it for a moment. Think of your life. Think of all the things that you've done that maybe nobody else knows about. Some of the things that you've done that some people know about. And you know what God says? That all of that means nothing. It's almost as if, just as if you had never sinned, he takes you in. Can you give him some praise this morning? Yeah. Third reason or third exchange. He takes our rejection and our sinful nature and he gives us unconditional acceptance and a new identity. You know, I, I just want to tell you that if you've come 
to church today and you're looking at your life and you say, I really should not be here. I don't deserve to be here. I come from a rough past. I've struggled in my life. You know, you don't know what, I, what my life is like when I'm not in church, when I'm alone, when things are it just, I'm bad. I'm irredeemable. I'm irredeemable. You know, we've been talking to, to a, uh, a couple that's going through marital challenges and struggles recently. And, and the wife was repeatedly mentioned this. Do you think that we can be saved? Are we redeemable? And my answer was, are you kidding me? Everyone is redeemable. No one is ever too far from God's reach. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situation that you are living in your life, it really doesn't matter to God. Not because He is uninterested or disinterested in your situation. In fact, it's the opposite. He is so interested in the struggles and the issues that you face in your life that He wants to be right there next to you. And He wants to give you the life that you need. Yeah. New identity. We become sons and daughters. He is taking away our rejection and our sinful nature. And he's giving us a new identity. Because you know what? Regardless of your past. Regardless of what we've been through. No one is ever out of God's reach. Number four. He takes our weakness and our insufficiency. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. That's great news. I love that. Because you know what? There are so many things that I just cannot do. I cannot accomplish on my own. Look at what John chapter 14 verse 16 says. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper. To be with you forever. Jesus spent 33 plus years of his life on earth. And during his Years of ministry accomplish more than we will ever accomplish combined in our lifetime. And then he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going away. But when I go away, ha, that's the good news. You know, you're going to go away? Yeah, that's right. I am. But when I go away, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, a helper. Someone that will be with you, that will walk alongside with you, that will help you make decisions. When you don't know what to do, what to say, how to go about certain things, stop, pause, ask Him. Speak to Him. You know what? The Holy Spirit wants to be part of our lives. He wants us to talk to Him, not an it. Him. Him. He wants to be involved in our lives. And so the Helper is what we receive when we just don't know how to go forward in our weaknesses and our insufficiencies. Number five, he takes our sickness and blesses us with his healing power to restore our bodies. I don't know about you, but that excites me. You know, we were praying today before uh, the service, prior to the service with a group of people in the back here. And by the way, every Sunday, 8 to 9, we're in the back of the sanctuary in that, in that direction. You go through that door. There's a cafeteria. And we pray there from 8 to 9. And we just ask the Lord to, to do something 
that is glorious in our midst. Because you know what? Without God's presence, right? What are we doing? God is not here. What are we doing? I don't want it. There's a hundred things I could be doing right now. Sam, I could work on my golf swing, which is terrible. It is worse than yours. <laughs> Since you talk about your golf swing so much, mine is terrible. It's like a robot. Yeah. By his wounds, Isaiah 53 says, we are healed. The beatings and the blows that he took, the stripes on his back, they purchase our healing. I don't know if that's something that we can actually understand. That Jesus is so interested in touching us. If you struggle physically, you don't have to. And does it mean that God is going to heal every single time we pray? Boy, that's, that's a completely different theological discussion. We can talk about it on the side, but I will tell you this. That he is so willing. He is so willing. He so desires to touch our bodies. And so today, we're going to take some time. We're going to take some time at the end of the service. And if you're struggling physically with something, whether it's sickness or disease or whatever you're going through, he wants to touch your body today. Today. I believe that. I've seen so many miracles in my family. I can't even begin to tell you. I, it probably would take me a few hours just to, just to share with you what happened to my brother, what happened to my brothers, both of them, my mom, my uh, nephew, nieces. I mean, like we, our own miracles in our own family. We've seen so much that God is willing to do miraculous things in our lives. Last but not least, the last exchange is that he takes the death sentence that was on us, and he gives us eternal life. He gives us eternal life. Now, how many of you like that deal where you go into a store and you spend 100 bucks, and if you spend $100, you get $20 off your next purchase? I, I think that's a good deal, especially if it's a place that you go to all the time, right? You know, scan your card here, and we'll accumulate the points, and then you'll get whatever. It's great. Now, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the known verse that, that we probably have memorized very well. And it says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift, the free gift, the free, free. Come on, look at the person next to you and tell them, it's free. It's free. It's a free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what we deserve is to die. But instead, we receive this free gift. Now, translate this into a situation that I was telling you before where instead of going to a store, 
to spend $200 so that you can get 20%, $20. You know what? The store owner comes to you and says, hey, you know what? You don't need to spend anything at all. Nothing. Here are the keys. This store is yours. It's yours. What? The store is mine? Yeah, the store is yours. That's all you need to do. Just take it, receive it. Many of us will probably freak out at that and will say, no, homie, what do you mean? I, do I have to sign something? No, don't. Should I sign? It's like, I don't want it, but I want it, right? But you know what? The gift of God is like that. It's a free gift, and it's called eternal life. It gives us eternal life, guys. Jesus did that for you and me. That means that we don't have to worry about tomorrow because our lives are in his hands. And he has everything under his control. I'm so glad that Jesus did that for you and for me. You know, if we would stop right here, we probably would have a ton. Right? I mean, there's so much. When you think about all of the exchanges, that he takes what is bad and, and, uh, and, and he gives us so much good. But I want you to know today that if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, if Jesus is not the Savior of your life, then it's all for naught. We need to make him the Lord of our lives. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, if you don't mind, that just for a quick moment, that just would you bow your heads?